This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hi there. Welcome to FinCast. This is the official podcast of Finn Atlantic International Film Festival. My name is Wayne Carter. I'm the executive director at Finn. And I'm Emily Orr. I'm one of the programmers here. And this four-part podcast series gives you an inside look at Finn 2019. FinCast is produced by the Village Soundcast Network. All right. So, uh, yeah, you know, we've we've talked a whole lot about a whole lot of things in relation to the <laughs> film festival. But, you know, one of the things we haven't really covered off on is we do. a We talked a little bit about the opening night party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about the closing night party. Uh, that's, you know, that's obviously going to be a big deal. It's after mm-hmm. the lighthouse. Uh, we're still nailing down at, at airing time. Well, recording time today, we're still nailing down where we're going to do it because mm-hmm. we want to have something really special and memorable for the lighthouse. So um, it'll be up on our website, obviously, probably, you know, before the event as mm-hmm. to where we're going to host the event, but it's going to be a bit of a surprise and we're hoping to do something special. But beyond that, I mean, you know, part of the festival experience is events and receptions and parties and special events, mm-hmm. you know, um, because not only opening, closing, but our Friday gala, mm-hmm. uh, we always have a party associated with that this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and that that particular gala is, uh, is partnered with RBC. Mm-hmm. So it becomes an RBC event. And... Um, that will be this year at the Halifax Club, which we haven't done anything there in a long while either. And it's it's a great space. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to work really well with the film that's playing, which is uh, the doc, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Assholes, A Theory, which we'll talk about in a little <laughs> yep. bit, you know, because we're going to deep dive into documentaries a little bit. You know, so we've got that. We have... Um, we have a lobster dinner by the sea that we do for our delegates that come in from around the world uh, for the, the co-production market that we do, Finn Partners. <laughs> and that actually is a, a, a selling feature for the market. Oh, absolutely. When we mention that, when we're at other festivals and we're talking to producers and financiers mm-hmm. about coming, we say, oh, and there's a lobster dinner by the sea. Oh. They're ready to sign. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're ready to buy their tickets. And uh, so, yeah, so we always jokingly say that um, that's the main reason that they come to Finn Partners is for that lobster <laughs> dinner by the sea. That's not the case. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it turns out to be a really good event. We um, and and then we do the festival music house Atlantic thing with our with our friends at Radio Starmaker Fund, and that's become a real sort of thing people look forward to. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a concert that takes place at the Marquee Club on the Saturday night, and it's only open to our delegates from uh, from Finn Partners, our, our market, but also to pass holders. Mm-hmm. So we don't sell tickets to it; it's only for pass holders. It always has incredible talent. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Were you there last year? I was. Yeah. yeah, only for a brief moment, but yes. So who did you end up? <laughs> on the bill when you were I, there last honestly, year. Honestly, I was just I was just there to pick up a film and then I kind of I kind of stayed. Oh for yeah, a we, bit. that's it, the problem, right? We don't get to see any films or go to anything no. other than to work, exactly. which is what we do. Uh, but uh, oh, you know, poor us, but that that's that's just the nature. But it's this a, year, I, I think the bill's terrific this year. We've got uh, Michaela Lynn who's uh, you know, she's she's sort of Canadian country's big breakout star right mm-hmm. now. Uh, we have an incredible R&B singer named Rainy Smith that I think everybody knows. And the headliner this year is Matt Mays. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, luckily, uh, <laughs> marijuana is legal. Yeah. And Matt Mays is <laughs> he the headliner. In a crowd. And, yeah. well, it's, it's going to be a party. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny, the marijuana is legal thing, that's actually something that we have been fielding questions about from our delegates from other countries, in particular, the people coming from Europe for our market are are yeah. literally asking us questions about, is it true? Is, is uh, marijuana legal there? Like, we can actually smoke pot? And, yeah. and we're like, 
Yeah, you can. In fact, you can do it at seven o'clock in the morning if you want. So, <laughs> some films that might be a, so a little. Better. I think our I think our market cover is going to be real interesting <laughs> this year. Let's say we may get bigger film deals done than ever before because all those financiers are going to be so stoned they'll sign anything. That's the plan. So, and then beyond that. You know, beyond those sort of key parties, we've also got uh, we've also got special events mm-hmm. that uh, there's a lot of sort of local associations who do different things throughout the film festival uh, because because of the group of people who are in the city and 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 so we're always we're always looking forward to those. Uh, we do a rece- our WIFT does a reception mm-hmm. every year. That's uh, Women in Film and Television Atlantic. Mm-hmm. They do a reception every year. I think this year it uh, I think it's on Monday night. No, it's on Saturday night mm-hmm. this year. They've changed it. Yeah, so because I think they were on Monday before. We have, um, AFCOOP always does a film five party during yeah. the film festival. And I think this year that's on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that one changed up a little bit. There is a... Um, there's a big DGC thing happening this year for the first time. They did it at TIFF last year, and it was really, really popular. So we're excited. It's called DGC Visionaries, and they're mm-hmm. going to bring a bunch of filmmakers in and spend an entire afternoon in sort of an open conversation nice. uh, with the audience and between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, some of the directors that come to mind, I think Adam Egoyan is going to be here because mm-hmm. we have a film have of a his film, on yeah. Sunday night. Um, Francois Girard is going to be here because mm-hmm. we have his film on Saturday night. And then beyond that, um, I think John Houston is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Justin Oakey, I think, is a part yep. of it because he's in with his film from Newfoundland, uh, a, fire in the cold, uh, a Fire in the Cold Season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sounds like it's going to be a really cool event and something very new for us. We're excited. And then there's always a couple of things that are doc-related. There is a lot of activity with documentaries in Atlantic Canada, oh, yeah. so it makes sense. So Doc Atlantic does an oyster party every year, mm-hmm. uh, and I know people look forward <laughs> to that. But then they're also doing a thing uh, called Mastering the Festival Launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been involved in any of the planning of that? Or no, really no, not at all. We we just kind of found out about it today. Um, it's actually uh, with a programmer from, I believe, Hot Docs and TIFF as well. Oh, okay. He's going to be kind of sitting down, um, fielding questions about what goes into a grand festival, or like the grand scheme of, of a festival in a bigger scale, how, how to basically uh, strategically plan what you're going to do or what you're going what festivals to to kind of um submit to what is the best strategy basically so mm. it's just kind of a back and forth with him and that's a sunday morning at 10 a.m mm-hmm. i think at the lord nelson and i for listeners if you're looking for any of the details on any of our of our stuff uh, no different than our films our events are all posted as well on our website so it's finfestival.ca and you can find out where these things are happening how you get to in if you need a pass or you need a ticket or if it's free i know the dgc visionaries thing is free to open to everybody so if mm-hmm. anybody wants to come by and uh, sort of just you know pop their head in for 20 minutes on sunday afternoon afternoon they can so that's really cool Mm -hmm. but sort of back to docs I know uh, we have a huge amount of documentaries (laughs) in the festival this year Uh, we always have a really good sort of array but I find this year uh, we're almost spoiled for for riches in in this year's Mm -hmm. documentary lineup so what's your favorite you've seen of the documentaries (gasps) and I know it's always awful to ask people their favorite but there's some that you relate to maybe a little more than others I mean you mentioned the Norman Morrow the thing about Norman Norman Morrow you know a couple of episodes ago so um, I know you really dug that one but uh, what about in the other program there's a couple there's definitely a couple that kind of spoke to me Uh, one of them being Candace by Shiona McDonald uh, What's that about? This is basically the godmother of feminist porn. Oh. Um, it's her her that life cool. story. 
It's her battles with cancer, her struggles with trying to find her her real family. She it's just one of the most raw and honest uh kind of documentary that I've seen in a long time. She just she basically says what you're not supposed to say, hmm. which is it's it's really empowering and it's really interesting hearing it from someone who has kind of pioneered this this uh this um field uh, when there really wasn't anyone um, producing uh, adult entertainment um, from a female perspective. So oh. it's really and, interesting. And I, it's Canadian, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, like can, US and Canadian production. Canadians really seem to punch above their weight on, yeah. on documentaries. Man, we we turn out some incredible docs. You know, we we mentioned a little earlier, Assholes a Theory, mm-hmm. you know, which is the new uh, John Walker yep. documentary. Uh, you know, I saw it at Hot Docs mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, we're excited. It's our Friday night gala. Um, obviously, you saw. What'd I you did. Think of I it? did. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's really interesting because there are a lot of different interpretations for what the word asshole really means. <laughs> this, uh, this yes, kind of dive. Talk for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this dives deep into kind of like the the very coy "you're an asshole" kind of thing yeah. to to a little bit more of a, a kind of a dangerous. Uh, yeah, that whole segment where uh, the woman takes on the RCMP. Yeah, that, that, that you know, specifically was. Yeah, that yeah. that that was where it got. It went from being John Cleese, exactly, uh, basically saying, "I think my mother was an asshole," uh, <laughs> yeah. to you know, to uh, a woman really sort of taking on to the point that she wrote a book about her experiences Absolutely. at the RCMP. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I um, I I thought if there was ever a documentary that's going to inspire an enormous amount of discussion afterwards, exactly, I think this is one exactly. of them. Exactly, you know, and. <laughs> and we sort of thought about that when we were putting together the idea for the party afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned we're going to the Halifax Club. We're really anticipating this is probably going to be a party where people are going to stand with a drink and yeah. some nibbles and talk about the film they just saw and probably, you know, call each other assholes and talk about <laughs> all the people they know are assholes. Uh, but exactly. yeah, I I, I, I I think it's going to inspire an enormous yep. amount of conversation. Yeah. You know, one <laughs> yeah. of the ones I saw that I thought was uh, was really interesting was Killing Patient Zero. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, look, at my age, uh, I sort of, I remember the entire, the entire sort of, uh, passage through the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and um, I was very familiar with the book and the band played on that Randy Schiltz mm-hmm. wrote and I I sort of immediately knew who Patient Zero was before I even saw this film I knew who it's they wild. were referring to it's, uh, it's uh, Gaetan Dugas the uh, you know the Air Canada flight attendant mm-hmm. um, what I didn't anticipate was I did not anticipate that it was going to be as um, what's the word um, this this is a guy who quite you know, quite honestly, has been wrongfully labeled as mm-hmm. the the man who brought AIDS to North America. And that wasn't the case at all. Mm-mm. And when you see this film, um, not only is it a very interesting sort of, um, of an overview look of uh, gay rights, uh, you know, all the way from the 50s to today, mm-hmm. basically, um, but it also is a very, very interesting um, sort of zeroing down at a specific point in time when nobody wanted to acknowledge what was happening. Nobody was listening to the people and what they were actually saying. And um, everybody wanted to believe stuff and, and in particular, and sometimes believe the worst. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought, wow, this is a, you know, this is a story that really needs to set the record straight. And I thought, I thought it was really powerful. I thought it was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Drag Kids? I have. Yeah, I, I haven't ha- seen I that. How was that? I loved it. It's, it's, it's one of those, those films that I, I feel like is also going to be slightly divisive with audiences, but I, 
absolutely loved it. These kids are amazing. They know it by, sorry, directed by Megan Wenberg. Um, it debuted at Hot Docs this year, I believe, and won Best Canadian Feature at the Inside Out LGBT Film Festival. Um, it is phenomenal. And it's also, it's uh, with the with the rise of popularity of drag race and, and um, uh, drag in general, I think it's a really good way of kind of exploring what the expression is and how it relates to children and they are phenomenal they they work so hard they are so talented they they really they really kind of discover themselves at an early age and they have such supportive parents that it's 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 remarkable it's a really interesting watch just to see the artistry that goes into costuming and makeup and and singing for a lot of these kids hmm. uh yeah i i absolutely loved it they they did a really a really good job at um discovering these kids and and kind of showcasing what it's about and what it's also not about too. One of the things that <clears throat> having documentaries in the film festival allows us to do is it allows us to partner up with, you know, local local organizations and groups mm -hmm. and whatnot to, you know, to sort of bring them in and allow them to not only, you know, expose these films to their audiences, mm -hmm. but also to bring um, a level of um, um, authority and sort of adjudication and all sorts of things to these particular documentary screenings. Mm -hmm. This year we're working with the AGNS, the mm -hmm. Art Gallery in Nova Scotia, uh, and in particular on, um, on a couple of films by a woman who has has, uh, an exhibition coming here to the gallery mm -hmm. in November. Have you seen the Althea Thalberger I actually stuff? haven't. No? I haven't. I've actually, I've seen one of them. I didn't mm -hmm. see the other one. I saw the newer one, which is called uh, Mad, 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 Mad Filmy <laughs> World. Yep. Um, it was really, really interesting. I'm going to be very curious now to see her art installation. She mm -hmm. obviously has some very profound things to say about um, the state of living in the world. Yep. Um, and this one in particular has to do with a movie theater. Uh, in uh, is it Pakistan or India? Um, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, uh, I believe it's Pakistan. I think it's yeah. Pakistan. And uh, this theater uh, was sort of a major movie house, uh, but it's gone through all sorts of turmoil because of politics. Mm -hmm. And um, the way she sort of, it's, it's a relatively short film. I think it's about 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, she interviews people in a very sort of unique and unusual way. And it's one of those things that when it's going on, I found myself going... I don't know what she's trying to say here. And then when it was over, I thought, oh, I think I get it. Yeah. I, you know, oh, I think I know where she was going with this. And, and now I'm really interested to see her installation in November oh, at the yeah. gallery. And again, that's one of the reasons we try and invite different organizations in is, you know, the continuing experience. Film can be a very, very much a learning experience for people, mm -hmm. but the learning doesn't stop. Yeah. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, when I was when I was talking, uh, you know, at, at our launch and, and you know, even in my welcome welcome note in the in the guide this year, I talk about discovery mm -hmm. and how film festivals are, you know, all all about discovery. It's about discovering places and people and things and ideas. And that's one of the most exciting things about going to a festival and why I tell people, buy a pass. You know, we, mm -hmm. we do that line of binge on us buy a pass. That way you can just go see whatever you want to see. Mm -hmm. You're not... You're not laying down a specific amount of money for any one film so that you're going to go, this better be good. Yeah. I paid 14 bucks for this. Yeah. You know, you buy a pass. We do the daily passes, which are awesome. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like 39 bucks and you can see as many <laughs> films as you can see in a day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so 
that's a great deal. And you can go to the parties or whatever we're doing on that exactly, given day as well. Yeah. So the idea of discovering things and, you know, um, we have a lot of music docs this year mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how many of them you've seen. I saw a couple of them. I'm, I'm a huge music guy mm-hmm. and um, I've seen the Gordon Lightfoot one, which I thought was, yep. it was exactly what I thought a Gordon Lightfoot documentary yeah. would be. And that's what it needed to be. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen the Linda Ronstadt one and, you know, Linda Ronstadt is one of those vocalists that in the seventies and unfortunately I was around in the seventies. <laughs> In the 70s, everybody knew who Linda Ronstadt was. Yeah. But something happened. She sort yeah. of just fell off. I mean, she's ill. Yeah. So that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. But we sort of went through a period after she did these big band albums with Nelson Riddle in the 80s, she just sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget just what a big star she was. Yeah. You know, we have this incredible documentary. I saw it in Cannes on Michael Hutchins from NXS. Yes. Um, I, I don't mind saying brought me to tears a couple yeah. of times and not in a good way. Uh, I was very sad. Mm-hmm. This is a band I, I you know what... I was a big fan. I, I wasn't a monstrous fan, but I was mm-hmm. a big fan. But you could never, ever debate Michael Hutchins as a lead man. He yeah. he had everything yeah. that a rock star lead man would have. And when he <laughs> died, you know, um, everybody said, oh, it was suicide. And and there were these sort of sordid stories that that went around in the, in the, in the let's call it the gutter press, mm-hmm. uh, about all sorts of things. This film really sets the record stage, directed by the guy who did all their, all in excess's music videos. Yep. The amount of stuff he got from Kylie Minogue and Helena Christensen oh, and Michael Hutchinson's <laughs> family. And I, I, ju- I just thought, wow, this is really incredible. And the last half hour, when you sort of see what happened when he was with Helena, when he got that punch in the head and fell to the pavement, and then what happened with Polly oh, Yates and the drugs. And it's just, it is just unbelievably touching and unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. And um, and I also, I really dug the Swans documentary. Oh yeah, I've been with a, Body Ends. I've been a fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a band most people have never heard of. Uh, they're an alternative <laughs> band in the true sense of alternative. Yeah. It's predominantly Michael Gira and mm-hmm. whoever else can put up with him because he's kind of <laughs> wacky. Yeah. Uh, this documentary was awesome. It was a sonic spectacular. I can't wait for people to experience it in a theater. We're going to play this one really <laughs> yeah, loud because <laughs> this one needs to be loud. And then we have that really cool documentary on Blue Note Records, which again, if you're mm-hmm. a jazz fan, classic label. I mean, when you, when you think about jazz and if you think about a vinyl album cover, I can assure most people have in their head the image of a vinyl album cover that came from Blue Note Records Absolutely. because their graphic design embodies what jazz was, especially in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. So I think people are going to really dig that. Mm-hmm. Um, documentaries and uh, I think uh, there was... What was that? There was there was something that's, I think, even tied into short films this year. I right? was going to say, we've got Who Let the Dogs Out? which was, right. Oh, it's music. Yeah, ooh, ooh, exactly. Who Let the Dogs Out? Yeah. So we have a documentary about that song. Yeah, yeah, this is a fascinating story about how this song came about and how many people are basically taking credit for it. Uh, it's it's fact, crazy. we will today. It was so it's it's you think you think that the answer is there and then two seconds later another group of people have claimed it. It's <laughs> it's a remarkable story. It's really, really compelling. The the lead speaker, he's basically kind of doing a TED talk on how much he's how much he's researched this and it's hilarious. Just his room full of who let the dogs out paraphernalia is uh is fantastic. It's done by Brett Hodge. Um, and he's tied to the he's tied to short films we, somehow. Right? I was going to say we are also playing with that uh, Uncaged, a stand-in story, which is a short film from Blake Johnson and Kelso Steinhoff. Uh, this is about basically um, 
Nicholas's Cage's stand-in, and hit, like over his over his entire career is this one guy, and I'm I'm blanking on his name right now, um, but he looks. Everybody blanks on his name. He's Nicholas Cage's stand-in. <laughs> but it's really it's really interesting because they have such a good relationship. It kind of reminds me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's just like it's exactly kind of the same situation where not not obviously not the uh, the uh, the murder, but the um, the relationship they have with each other, and he Nicholas Cage took him under his wing and brought him everywhere. It was amazing. We have a ton of short films. I, oh, I, we I do. Mean, yeah, I, I've seen very few of them. I, I need to be honest. How many programs? Uh, we have there's... eleven programs. Eleven this year. programs. Wow. Yeah. And, and I know they're always really popular. There is a real audience for short films. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's the thing they look most forward to. So if you had, I'm guessing, have you seen most of them? I've seen all of them. Oh, you've seen all of them. <laughs> all of them a couple oh, times. So, so uh, okay, so I'm putting you on the spot again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean your favorite. No, what no, no. What do you no. think is the most uh, memorable? Okay. Yeah. Uh, first one, it was actually the first one I, I watched, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, it was Little Grey Bubbles by Charles Wall. Um I didn't know this until after I watched it. It was it debuted at South by Southwest. It was nominated for a Grand Jury Award, uh, and it's actually in our Real East Coast uh, Shorts Gala program. Hmm. It is spectacular. It it's it's basically a story of a woman who uh, bought a camera on eBay and um, kind of had a back and forth with the seller for a very long time, and they developed a friendship they'd never met before, hmm. uh, and then. Um, I believe it was a couple years later, uh, the seller actually died and she went to see basically him at his funeral. And uh, the family kind of has all these, family and friends has all all these questions about how their relationship developed. It was just, it was just a really well done story. And that was definitely one of the the big ones that kind of was like, whoa. I know you said something really cool at the yeah. launch when you were introducing the shorts. You said, you know, uh, one of the great things about a shorts program is, um, you know, you're going to get a myriad of ideas oh, and absolutely. styles and everything in a very, very short period of time. So if you don't like the one you're watching, stick around for it. Exactly. It's like the weather. Exactly. You know, exactly. if you don't like the front door, look out the back door because it's going to change in five minutes. Exactly. Short film programs are the same. Oh, it's, and it's, it, it is actually one of the most uh, kind of entertaining things about putting a short film together. Because again, as, as I was saying before, you, you kind of have to match the theme and the tone, but also you have to kind of give people a break if, if something is too heavy or too light. Um, like our our short, like our first um, short film program is Atlantic Shorts One. This one I really like doing. It's um, more on the kind of thriller dark genre side. Hmm. Um, we've got a really cool experimental film in there as well called The Anthology for Fruits and Vegetables by Don George. It is basically 26 fruits hand-pressed um, with film uh, <laughs> with with different soundtracks behind it, but it's it's so cool and I cannot wait to see it in a big theater. It, it would be like a... I think the only thing I can compare it to is an ASMR video, but just on a grand scale, just the amount of sound and weird design. It's really, really interesting. Well, short films are, uh, you know, they're they are the training ground a lot of times for filmmakers who go on to features mm-hmm. like Heather Young and, and exactly. our opening night feature, our opening night gala. Uh, you know, so... Um, in the next episode, uh, we're going to sort of deep dive a little bit into the overall program mm-hmm. and talk about some some of the really great features that are going to be playing at uh, at the, this year's uh, Finn Atlantic International Film Festival.
You're listening to FinCast 2019, the official podcast of Fin Atlantic International Film Festival. It's produced by the good folks at Village Soundcast Network. Next episode, you're going to hear all about all of the films that you're going to want to see at this year's festival, and there are a lot of them. Thanks for listening. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 